What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 141 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself by clicking the link with this show notes. Uh, today, I have Stephanie Dodier coming on the show. And Stephanie is a clinical nutritionist, an intuitive eating expert, and the host of Beyond the Food Show, whose integrative and comprehensive approach helps women take their lives back from diet culture. Her proprietary and countercultural approach, the going beyond food method, has helped women in over 92 countries seek health beyond dieting. She was trained at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition in Canada, so fellow Canadian, and has a degree in health and science. And before we dive into this episode and before I bring Stephanie on, I do want to remind you that this whole month is all about unmuting yourself. And we'll dive into how Stephanie has done that herself on social. Uh, But I do want to invite you to join us in the Savvy Social School if you want to participate in the Unmute Yourself Challenge. We start today, the day that this episode is going out. Join us. It's not too late so that you can also apply this to your business and your life. Uh, But without further ado, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrea. And thank you for welcoming me to your audience. Yes, I'm really excited about this conversation because I was talking with a friend recently about how the internet world seems to perpetuate our own societal standards of beauty and how we should look and what we're supposed to look like. I'm really interested to dive into how that plays into your business, but can we start a little bit with your history? Uh, First, tell us how you got into this world of nutrition and almost like anti-dieting and all of those things. So um, kind of two stories into one. Number one, my first diet was at 12 years old, and that propelled me in a 20 plus year career in dieting. And I earned every degree along the way, did every diet, every regimen possible. And intertwined into this is my corporate career. So what I'm doing today as a clinical nutritionist is a second act of my life. But I spent 15 years in the corporate world with uh, the number one retailer in Canada, Hudson's Bay Company, uh, running and operating divisions and stores until I got sick that I couldn't do it anymore. I had a series of panic attack and I was looking for solution for my own health. And I that's how I got attracted to alternative health and nutrition. And I left the corporate world, like many of us have done, and moved into the world of alternative health. And Completed a degree in health science, did nutrition, and opened a clinic in Toronto and did a traditional clinical nutrition practice for about three years until I had an awakening, which we'll dive into during the podcast, uh, around what dieting does to us, but beyond the food, where the podcast name is from, going beyond the food, it's affecting us way more than just with food. And so here I am running an online business. I closed the practice and now fully online and I help uh, women and also practitioner integrate a non-diet approach in their health practice. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love that 
beyond the food because there's a mental component to this. Like we, and I'm glad that you mentioned like panic attacks and things like that. I feel like it's also interconnected, right? So can you tell us a little bit about this, this awakening that you had? As I said, 25 year dieting career. And I thought to myself, like, I'm going to go and study nutrition. It will help me with my panic attack. It will help me with my anxiety, but it will also finally give me the solution to look and be and remain thin. Never questioning why I needed to be thin, just just to achieve that. And even after studying for two years, I still couldn't figure out how to remain thin. And because now I was exposed as a professional with my body, I needed to quote, look the part. I became even more obsessed with food and staying thin. But the more I was trying to get myself thinner, the worse my behavior around food got. And I started to binge eat And that propelled me into the world of like, okay, if like I've studied as much as I could in nutrition, what else is the answer? And underground was this beginning movement of anti-diet at health at every size, mainly from the area of eating disorder. And I dived into that and I brought that into the world of non-eating disorder to the quote average woman. And that's what we do today. And it's 90% of the work has nothing to do with the food. It's between the six inches between our two ears. It's mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's where I specialize and, and I'm unique in the way that I approach it because I have an angle of feminism and understanding how the oppression system are impacting people identified as women particularly in their relationship to their body and food. So that's 90% of my work is mindset. Yes. And you know, I, I struggle with this as well. Um, I found that it got worse when I started the online business because I was so much more stationary. Um, and I even, I was just kind of discrediting. I used to work at a big uh, hotel and just like walking across the hotel to do my job was more movement than I'm currently doing. And so I immediately noticed me starting to kind of retain some of that weight and feeling like I was judging myself really hard for that and like doing extreme things to, to stop doing that extreme things that I wouldn't even continue. Like, um, you know, one month I was like, no carbs, no sugar, no meat, And I did that for like three weeks. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then it was the other end, like chips and cheese, like (laughs) not sustainable. Yeah. We call Um, that the pendulum swing. (laughs) Yes. So when you started um, noticing this in yourself and how you showed up online, Mm -hmm. like what were some of the behaviors that you were doing before you started shifting kind of how you were being visible online and then then the after of that? I can say it in one word. And I know a lot of online entrepreneurs will recognize themselves. I was hiding anything below the neckline, right? So I was showing up from the, like the collarbone up and I wasn't like... That was from a visual perspective, but from a a writing perspective, you know, when you write your caption or you write your blog post, I wasn't emotionally connected to the topic or I wasn't emotionally connected to the engagement in social media. 
And what I rapidly found is that specifically in the field that I work, in the field of women and body image and food, not being in a state of emotional marketing, being in a rational marketing trajectory was not working. Because as you say, like you've experienced for yourself, like it's difficult because when we're constantly judging ourselves and critiquing ourselves in our mind, it has a heavy, heavy load physically, emotionally, and mentally. And your my ideal client was in that state. The last thing they needed was more pressure intellectually. What they needed is connection emotionally. But because I wasn't in that state, I wasn't able to show up in that way. So I, through the studying in the non-diet world, I, I had to do my own work because when we when we work in the non-diet approach, we cannot teach that from an intellectual perspective. It's from a experiential. We have to experience it to be able to teach it. And I did um, heal my relationship to my body image. So I'm a body neutral person. It's not about loving my body. That's not what we teach. We teach that our body as women specifically is our instrument. It's how we show up in the world. That's how we experience the world. When I was able to do that and then gradually show up more than above my collarbone and start showing up with my whole body and all of my emotion, my business exploded for a number of reasons. A, because people found a connection through what I was doing on my podcast or what I was doing in my writing. But more than that, the comments from specifically people on social media from women were finally somebody that looks like me. Because our wellness industry is whitewash, white, thin, young women. And, and they need to be there to help their ideal client, which is close to them, right? Young people, but there's millions of other women, right? People like me in their mid forties, people like me that are in bigger body, we need diversity. And from that standpoint, we don't have body diverse individual. So when I show up on the scene in my full body, people were excited. So that's how it really helped my, it helped me personally in my own journey, but it, it sent my business in a completely different trajectory. Can we talk a little bit more about what that means showing up in your whole body? Because mm. you know that, um, okay. So there's this rampant use of editing with filters, editing to make ourselves look thinner, but even just simple things. Like I noticed recently, I have certain angles that I put my phone at to make myself look certain ways. I'm trying to be mindful of that. Um, so is that kind of what you mean when you yes. say showing up in your body? Showing up in my full body. So multiple angle. Number one, showing up like in full body picture. Mm -hmm. Right. So for a person in a marginalized body, particularly around size, this is extremely triggering because you're exposing yourself to comments, to people thinking you shouldn't be there and also the reaction of your audience. So I would literally, for the first few years I was doing that, I would have hundreds of people unfollowing me. Wow. 
because so when you start diving into the mindset of people of of women particularly they because culturally because diet culture constantly show a narrative of thin body in the wellness world automatically in their mind i'm discredited because i don't look like the part mm. Uh, but that's okay. You know what? So let's go into a business mindset. These weren't my people. <laughs> they were right. never going to buy my program anyway, because when they would have opened my website, they would have seen me. They would have said, no, it's not me. It's not for me. So like, why look to keep them on my following when they were never going to like purchase my product? Showing up in my full self also meant not showing up with makeup on every day. There was a phase of my journey that I wouldn't show up on social media because it was a day I didn't want to wear makeup. Like who, like all of you listening, raise your hand if that's you, because I used to be there. Like there was no way I was going to show up on stories without makeup. Where now people don't see me, but Andrea can say like I have zero makeup on, my hairs are not, I'm not done. It's just, I have a natural look. So showing up not only in my body, full body, but also with my wrinkles. I'm 46, right? I, I don't look like a 22-year-old. So I started to not wear makeup. I stopped using filters on stories, like intentionally, not just because I forgot. Intentionally, I don't use filters so I can show up fully me. And then my message changed all along. Because I, and this is more recently in the last two years, I'm a feminist. So I have a very strong social justice angle to what I do. But the first few years I was doing my work, it wasn't socially acceptable to talk about those things. So I was muting myself to your team of this month. I was muting myself on the topic that I was writing about or doing podcasts about because it wasn't, quote, acceptable. As soon as I unmuted myself and starting to speak to who I've always been, I started to attract the exact person, I, my dream client, strong professional women that had been successful in her life. Just that part of her life, food and body was out of joint and she was coming to me for help with that. So it served me very well. That's so powerful. And I think that, it's something that's so ingrained sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, even for me, like I said, recently I was noticing my the camera angles I was choosing. Just little things like that. I wouldn't even notice it before. Now I'm starting to notice, like, why does it matter what angle? I'm I'm this is how, if you look at me, you see all the angles, <laughs> right? In my real life, you see all the angles. <laughs> right. Right. And when you meet me in person, you know, see all the angles. So yeah, so powerful. I want to talk a sec about body positivity because I, yeah. you, I noticed you said earlier body neutrality. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk more about the differences and possibly the potential harmfulness of this yeah. body positivity movement? Um, so we'll go back to the root of body positivity. Body positivity was a movement created by Black women for Black fat acceptance in the late 60s, beginning of the 70s, alongside with the second wave of feminism, third wave of feminism, sorry. So this is a movement that was originally created for Black fat women. 
And as the third wave of feminism kind of dwindled down and we earned what we were chasing after as women, the right to equality and work and equality and paid, that movement kind of dwindled down. And in the late 90s, beginning of the 2000s, got picked up again, but by white women. So right now, body positivity and its political roots for equality for Black women is being co-opted by mainly white women. That's the political angle of it. That's one of the reasons why we don't teach body positivity. But second, when we look at neuroscience or how the brain functions, Positivity is the end of the scale. It's like asking women to love their belly rolls. And when you work with the majority of women, 91% of women do not like their body. They do not like their belly roll. When you take them into a coaching program and you're asking them to move towards love, the body disengaged. The mind goes into cognitive dissonance. It's too big of a gap. So we go in the middle which is called body neutrality. And we work towards body respect, not body positivity. Mm, I like that. I was having a conversation with one of my friends about this because it almost seems like body positivity, the people who are the most revered, I would say online, also still fall into the standard beauty. um, Like how how we as a society describe beauty and it still doesn't feel like it has a ring of like this is still the same thing almost like I don't think we quite got it yet (laughs) that's why people love body positivity because it doesn't challenge the norm yeah it's still the normal body the other element that I forgot to talk about and I'm going to put it out there is body positivity also teach women and maintain women into the concept that we are our body. Mm. That is not what we teach to men or to boys. We don't teach them that they're their beauty, they're their body, but that's what we've been teaching women, that we are a body, we are beauty. It's our duty to maintain this body, right? To maintain our beauty. That's diet culture in the beauty industry. When you aim to love your body and to be proud of every single body roles you have, you still remain in the framework that you are your body. As a feminist, it's the last thing I want. I want to teach women that they are beyond their body. Our body is an instrument. It's a tool that we use to experience life. This is how we can become neutral with our body because who we are is not our exterior shelf. It's what we have in our inner world. When you make that shift, then having to, quote, deal with your body becomes a lot easier and a lot less pressure. Mm, Yes, I really like that. And I really connect with that messaging too, because it's not just about like love and acceptance of every single piece of all of it. It's just like this, this is what it is and you can do with it what you will. (laughs) I feel like that's actually more freeing. Yes. (laughs) So if someone's listening to this and they want to start showing up and they realize that it's more about, I I forget how you said it before, like the space between your ears or something like that. The six inches between your two ears. (laughs) Yes. The six inches between your ears. Um, If they want to start doing that, what's some of the things they should 
start thinking about to really address some of those mindset issues so they can show up on social media as their whole self? The I would say here's a number one thing we must all understand. When we want to show up as ourselves, we need to be confident. Confidence is an emotion. All human emotion are created by the way we think, not by our external, right? We need to be, to do, to have. We need to think confident thought to cultivate an inner feeling of confidence to be able to take the video and then show up at any angle like Andrea, right? We need to cultivate confidence in our mind. And for women, it's not about a hack, a new morning routine. It's about unlearning all the patriarchal thoughts, all the diet culture thought that we've been socialized to as young women that is enduring our journey towards confidence. It's not about learning new things. It's letting go of the whole shitty thoughts we have about what it means to be a woman. If we can just do that, we will cultivate confidence. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so much to unlearn though. I feel like sometimes like how do we, like, where do we start with the unlearning? So for us, it's a very simple process that we use. It's called self-coaching. Some of you may have heard it. It's CBT, cognitive behavior therapy base. And it's about number one, first exploring all the thoughts we have. I can guarantee you if I do a thought download with you, Andrea, and we focus for five minutes on putting all the thoughts that you have before picking up your phone and being on a certain angle, and we start writing those thoughts, you're going to say, shit, I didn't even know I was thinking this way. I didn't even know this wasn't there. The first step is just unloading what's there and like taking a deep breath and looking at it and say, I don't want to think like this. It's very simple. It's not complicated. It's having that small five minute a day where in your journal or even on your iPhone, on your notepad, where you start downloading all of your thoughts before engaging into something that you're not confident in. And then picking what we call an intentional thoughts to help you cultivate a feeling towards confidence. So it's it's simpler than it is but our brain makes it more complicated. Our human brain says, oh my God, this is so big. I don't know where to start. Very simple. Yes, I love that. I love that. Definitely um, been studying this myself um, anyways for other things. Um, One of my past clients was Castillo of the Life Coach School. So I'm familiar with the yes. with the process, but it's one of those things where like, oh, of course, brain, I should also <laughs> apply this to this part of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so simple, but I love the concepts because we can basically create our own, how we, how we think about ourselves and our own path in life. Um, okay. So I know for those listening, they're going to be obsessed with your approach and how you teach, and you've got this roadmap to living diet-free. So can you tell us about what we can expect there and how we find it? So we have a podcast. So since we're on a podcast, the best way for you to get to know us is through a podcast called Going Beyond the Food Show. And we are walking into our fifth year with 275 
sixth episode as of this morning. So it's quite overwhelming when you get onto that feed. So we created a roadmap, our top five episodes that are going to take you through each angle of our work. So we have an episode about food, an episode about body, about mindset, about uh, feminism, to take you through the basics so you can learn to know what we do and how we do things. And that's going to help you decide if our program, our coaching program is for you. That leads you into Conquer and Thrive, which is our coaching program month to month. So for those that are familiar with membership, that's basically a membership from month to month. And then we teach you each of our components. We have access to private coaching. We have a private podcast. So we hold your hands while you're unlearning all that stuff. And we support you with all the tools that you need. And then just like Brooke probably taught you, you can take this to every part of your life. So the framework we teach you, you apply it to food and body, but then career, family, and relationship can be... Um, help with that. We also have a professional program to train practitioner. Um, It's been 18 months now. We're at our fourth cohort and it's a mentorship program. So any health professional that want to integrate the non-diet approach into their practice, we have a segment for that as well. Oh my gosh. I know for sure I'm going to go listen to this podcast after this. I didn't know how much I needed it until now. So please audience, come join me. Let's start this conversation and continue it. Um, I will put the links to all of the things mentioned in the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on the show. This has been such a great conversation. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Andrea. And thank you. Nice to meet everyone. Yay. Awesome. So make sure to connect with Stephanie. I'll also put her social links in um, the description as well. And then stay tuned to the podcast. Next week, we're talking all about Clubhouse. Side note, not really liking it, but I'm going to share my experience and help you decide for yourself if you like it as well. So that will be next week. I will see you then. Bye for now.